Hello and welcome to episode two of series four of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic start to 2023. Uh, we got some great feedback on the last episode. If you haven't listened to it already, uh, episode one of series four, we had a, uh, an interview with Mark Gallagher, Mark Gallagher from Performance Insights Limited. And Mark was telling us all about his experience working in motorsport and in particular in Formula One. And he was telling us all about the day-to-day challenges of co- communicating and leading in that sort of environment. And we had some really great comments from our posts on LinkedIn about that particular episode. So if you've not had a chance to listen to that one, I strongly recommend you go back to it. It was really, really good. Even if you're not interested in motor racing or Formula One, I think you'll find that really uh, interesting from a high performance, highly high paced environment, how some of the day to day challenges that uh, leaders and managers face in those organizations. So looking forward to our future episodes in a couple of weeks on the 31st of January, I've got an interview with Shara Roman from Silverine, who's going to be telling us all about something called the conscious workplace, very much about how we can create a workplace that is consciously designed and geared towards employee engagement. Really interesting conversation that I had with Shara, which we recorded a few weeks ago. Um, And then after that, on the 14th of February, I have an interview with Amy Wong from Always On Purpose and Amy is going to be telling us all about the importance of trust in our communications, a very important topic, uh, particularly given uh, the current world that we live in where trust seems to be a very rare commodity indeed. And that's just the first of our interviews for this series. We've got some brilliant interviews to come up. I'm really excited about uh, the the episodes that we've got coming up for you. Um, On the note of the, as I said, we got some really great feedback on the uh, the previous episode. If you you do hear an episode and you find it really useful and you think anyone else might benefit from it, please share it with them. It's really, it really helps us. Even uh, after all these uh, episodes that we've put out, we're getting up to into the 90s now uh, with the amount of episodes that we've put out. It's always great to be able to reach out to new people um our our shows if you've not already been through if you you may, you may have been a, a loyal listener all the way from the start or you may have just picked up on the podcast we've got over 90 episodes now or 90 this is the 90th episode um lots of uh, episodes of covering a lots of range of topics uh, evergreen topics that will uh, be things that i'm sure will be useful for you even if we recorded them a few a couple of years ago so uh, feel free to go back but also feel free to bring any new listeners to the show as well. Uh, just the final thing from me before I move on to the this episode's interview. Uh, this week, um, the, the, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, in a couple of days actually, we're running another one of our webinars. We're running a webinar all about health and safety communication. So if any of you have got responsibilities for health and safety comms or if uh, if you're working in an organisation where you've got colleagues who are responsible for that, might be worth steering them towards it. It's on Thursday this week, the 19th of January, and it's a free webinar. It's at 3pm in the afternoon 
UK time, and it's all about how we can transform the way that we communicate health and safety to our colleagues in a much more engaging way, less likely to send them to sleep, as uh, unfortunately many health and safety communications can be. So uh, if you're if you're intrigued by that, uh, go along to our website, thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. If you go to the events tab at the top of the page, you'll see there are a couple of events listed there. And if you can't make that date, we've got a number of dates in the future. We tend to alternate. We have that uh, run that particular webinar every two months, uh, e- alternating each month. And uh, that alternates with another webinar that we run, which is all about sharing the big picture with your people. So if you have a look at either of those webinars, you might find interesting. They're both free and uh, both at 3 p.m. UK time on various different dates. Anyway, I'll be quiet now and move on to today's guest. Before the pandemic, remote working was the preserve of a few people who were lucky enough to be able to work from home or maybe their jobs entailed that they worked virtually from their office. But obviously, post-pandemic now, remote working is something that we're all much more familiar with. It's something that we've probably all done at some point. Obviously, there are some jobs that that doesn't it isn't conducive to working remotely, but more and more people now are working remotely. And as we move into uh, and and sustain and continue with this remote working world, it's really important that we think about how we communicate with people. It's very easy just to carry over what we've done in the past. So endless Teams meetings and Zoom meetings seems to be one of the things I'm hearing people complaining about at the moment. And also not a great use of of emails and instant messenger and some of the technology that's become available to us. So I wanted to explore what are some of the modern challenges that we have now with remote working and particularly communicating with remote workers. And that brings in the topic of synchronous and asynchronous communications. Synchronous being where we're communicating to people in real time, whether that's virtually or face to face. And asynchronous being where it's on demand, where we're sending out our messages for people to consume at a time when they choose and in a way which they choose. And I think understanding the difference between those two differences between synchronous, asynchronous and synchronous communications is really important for communicators and internal communicators to be able to do and to recognize that each of those has its place. And for remote workers, that's different to what it would have been when people were working in a fixed location. So that's what we're going to be looking at in this episode. We're going to be exploring what is synchronous and asynchronous communication and what are some of the ways that we can improve the way we use them and in particular in the context of supporting our workers who are working remotely. So I hope you find this a useful and interesting interview. My guest today is Joanna Parsons. Joanna is a remote working enthusiast with a passion for developing internal communication strategies that help to deliver on business goals. Joanna is also a fellow of the Institute of Internal Communications with over 10 years of experience in internal communications. As Regional Director for Ireland with the Institute of Internal Communications, Joanna has been elected to the Board of Directors. Joanna is also the proud winner of four awards for outstanding internal communications, including first place in the prestigious Public Relations of Ireland Awards. And Joanna is currently Head of Internal Communications and Culture at Teamwork. So good morning, Joanna. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you very much for, for, for making the time. And we, we have guests from all over the world. So uh, t- tell us, t- for our listeners, tell us where you are in the, in the world at the moment, Joanna. I am based in Dublin in Ireland. I live in a little seaside, seaside town 
um, by the Irish Sea with my husband and our four-year-old daughter. Oh, lovely. Fantastic. Excellent. So anyway, I, I mentioned uh, a, a lot about your career, clearly massive amount of experience. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit, you know, anything I've missed out in your career, but also more, more recently, what, what, what do you, what's your current role? Tell us a little bit more about teamwork and, uh, and what, that, what that's all about, please. I have worked in communications for a very long time, mostly specialised in internal comms. And, you know, I just love it. Like, I really love it. <laughs> I think in particular, I love, like, the closeness that you can have with your audience. So if you want mm. to get any feedback or suggestions, sure, your audience are right there. You can talk to them. You can have a conversation. You can have a focus group anytime you want. You don't need to commission a big public survey. Just have a chat. And I really like that allows you to be iterative and constantly getting better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I currently work with a tech company called Teamwork. So Teamwork make project management software uh, for agencies that do client work. Uh, and Teamwork is such an interesting organization. It's quite small with just 350 employees, but they work across more than 25 different countries. So we have yeah. employees all over the world and in multiple different time zones. And Teamwork calls itself a remote friendly employer. Yeah. So lots of people including myself, we work fully remotely. Other people like to go into the office here and there if they prefer that. And some people work in little co-working hubs if they live nearby to other employees. So there's really yeah. lots of choice and flexibility. Fantastic. Fantastic. And and I know you are really passionate about remote work um, and, and how to run internal comms effectively in, in a remote environment. And I know that's a, a challenge that a lot of organizations are, are wrestling with at the moment, uh, it, not only internal comms, but the whole remote hybrid working. But t tell us a little bit more about, about you know, your, your philosophy, your passion for that and, and, and some of the ways that you're, you know, you're finding to, uh, to run internal comms in that sort of remote hybrid environment yeah so I started working remotely when COVID hit so I was working as head of internal communications with the Irish National Police at the time mm, mm. and of course police officers can't work from home but desk-based civilians can so I went home with a laptop in March 2020 and really I never went back to the office ever again <laughs> I just totally fell in love with remote working and even when it was at its worst like it was forced remote working at the start. It was very limited collaborative technology. I didn't have space at home for a proper office. The childcare was closed, so I had a young child at home. And even in those circumstances, I just loved it. Yeah. I loved having kind of more space and time for deep work, less interruptions, fewer meetings. And so my love of remote work is now really guiding the focus of my career. Like I'm really passionate about the impact and the importance of internal communication in an organization where people are working remotely or in a in a hybrid setup. Mm. And and is it the I mean is it the, and I know this is this is a kind of a, a really interesting at the moment I'm I'm kind of listen, listening to these conversations that I'm hearing my clients having around this is it is it that you 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 still see a place for some face to face work and 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 remote but but you really love remote or do you do you see a, a time or would you want to see a time where where we're where it's feasible obviously because as you said with the, you know the Irish police and with you know kind of other environments it's just not 
practical for everybody to do that. But where it is feasible that we should be 100% remote or, or, or what, what are your thoughts on that? What's, where do you stand on that, Joanna? No, I would never be dictatorial about that because mm. some people love remote work. I mm. really love it. I'm quite an introverted person. Mm. I'm a little bit older. You know, I have a family. I live outside the city. Mm. It suits me. Mm. But probably if I was 21, before I was married, before I had a child, and I was living at home, I probably hate remote work. If I was told I <laughs> yeah. had to do that. So yeah. I think it's all about having the choice and having yeah. the flexibility rather than telling people you must do this. Mm. You know, with teamwork, if you prefer to go to the office and have that social time, do mm. that. If you want to work fully remotely, do that. So it's all about mm. the choice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I was talking to a client yesterday, and they were they 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 they're re moving moving some of their people to a new a new office, and and you know they're still, but but whilst at the same time recognizing you know that a lot of their people are going to be working hybrid. So so they're 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 really it's really interesting because they're partly in the kind of trap of you know having the conversations about what color walls will be and what sort of furniture and all the kind of things you would talk about maybe three or four years ago before before the pandemic but they're also <laughs> recognizing that actually it's not it goes beyond that and actually you know we need we need uh, to recognize that that we need to change the workspace it's not about just recreating what we've had in the past and and they're looking at creating you know areas within the office where it's kind of a focus zone where there's a collaboration zone i can't remember what the other one was but almost like you know if i want to focus i go in that area i know well no one's going to come and bother me it kind of begs the question well why wouldn't you just do that from home anyway but but that that's the way they're looking at it and then obviously if you're up for being kind of interrupted and you you know you've come in to work today in a collaborative frame of mind and that's what you're planning to do then you go and sit in that area in hot desk there and and you people know it's okay to come and talk and i just thought it was quite an interesting way of of zoning it out i know it's but it's probably uh doesn't come it's not going to be as simple as that because you'll get people who can't sit in the quiet area so they have to go and sit in the in the uh, in the noisy area and they don't want to be bothered so it's 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 sort of i'm sure it'll take time to bed in but um so I, I guess in terms of internal comms for, for, for remote workers, I, I guess there's there's a sense of, you know, there's kind of clear, clear differences. But what, what, what's your take on, you know, what, how is internal comms different in an organization where people are working remotely, whether that's, you know, 100% or 50% or whatever? What, what, what are your thoughts on that, Joanna? I think it is different and I think it needs to be different. I mean, if you're mm. talking about an organization with lots of people fully remote or an organization with hybrids, so you're in and out, mm. it has a huge impact on how you communicate with employees. It needs to have more thought and design and intent. Mm. So um, if you think about focusing at work, like you need to be able to focus to get your work done on time and to a high standard. But we know that your focus can easily go if you're interrupted or you're distracted. You know, if someone knocks on the door or mm. picks up the phone to ring you. So in theory, remote working gives us more opportunity to, to do this deep focused work because we're mm. not physically in the office. There's no one knocking on the door, no one popping in for a cup of tea. But actually, unless your internal communications are designed well, they can act as interruptions to mm. this deep flow work. Mm. Um, and often what I see is that people don't give intentional design to synchronous and asynchronous communication, mm. which is particularly important if you're in an organization across multiple time zones. So let me just explain what I mean. 
So if you're talking about synchronous communications, where mm. people are communicating in real time. Mm. So you and me, Craig, are having a synchronous conversation right now. Yeah. We're both on at the same time. And generally, people default to synchronous communication. It's just easier. It's more mm. comfortable. You don't need to plan it. You know, everyone's heard that. Oh, I have an idea. Let's jump on a call. Mm. So like a video call, getting a coffee, a town hall, any of that is synchronous communication. Mm. And the nature of this is that you have to be on at a certain time. You have to give your attention right now so it can interrupt your day and your work. But it doesn't have to be that way. Um, just because synchronous communication is easier to default mm. to, you can design it differently and you can make an intentional shift to asynchronous communication, which mm. is going to become increasingly important over the next few years in companies that are promoting remote or hybrid working. Mm. So in okay. asynchronous communication, you don't need to be on at the same time and you don't need to consume information at a given time. And it can generally reduce the amount of interruptions to your work mm. and that you get more of that kind of deep focus work done. So mm. for mm. example, a digital newsletter, blog posts, information on your intranet, emails, instant messages that don't expect an instant response, mm. pre-recorded videos that people can watch in their own time when it suits them. They're all examples of asynchronous communication. Mm. Mm. And yeah. I, I think for me, it's really about designing the balance. You can't just have asynchronous all the time or synchronous all the time. So you need to really um, think about what the purpose of that communication is like if you're doing a performance review, you really need to have a real time conversation. Mm, mm. But if you're just sharing information, that probably doesn't need to be a meeting. You could write that down. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. And um, going back to my, going back a long time now, you know, sort of into the depths of my career when I used to work in factories and I used to work with, with you know, one of the, I didn't work in internal comms. They didn't have an internal comms department, but I worked in learning and development and, and on the periphery of, of, of what you might think of being internal comms if it, if it, if it, if it existed in the organization. But uh, um, we, we used to do lots of, one of the roles I had was to find out how people found out about things. And we used to do these sort of audits of, of of going to sites and talking you know running focus groups and talking to people and saying you know, you know one of the questions we used to ask is how do you find out what's going on and it was always really interesting because and we used to ask the same question to the plant management team and we used to ask the same question to the people who worked on the factory floor and the plant management team you know we asked them how do you think your people know what's find out what's going on and you know it was like newsletters and notice boards and you know kind of all the kind of team briefs and all that sort of stuff and then you ask the people on the factory floor how do you find out what's going on it's like you know in the canteen and in the in the break room you know in the smoking room or wherever it was and 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 it was interesting to see that that difference and and the interesting thing was was that um the, the 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 wrong channels were used for the wrong thing so they you know stuff that really people needed to hear face to face in a team brief because it needed some explanation and nuance would go on the notice board and people just used to walk past the notice boards and never even look at them because it usually was they're either going to or from their break and they wanted to maximize the amount of time they had there <laughs> um and 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 then constant and also then the team briefs were used for stuff that was really you know it was like it was it was stuff that was on demand you know you would go and find it if you needed 
needed to know it. And actually, you didn't need to t- tell me that, you, you know. So it was always really interesting. And that was back, you know, that was back pre, pre-emails, in fact. It was that long ago. So, yeah, I, d- I do think it's interesting how organizations sometimes don't understand the difference between the two. So give me, can you give me an example of, of, of some of the stuff that you've been doing recently? Because I think it, 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 you, you, it's a really good way of framing it around synchronous, asynchronous. I think the other, it's like the uh, difference between Netflix and watching the old sort of, you know, TV that you used to have to watch when it was on unless you had a video recorder, isn't it? So what, what, <laughs> what, what, are, what, are, what are some of the ways you've, you've made that shift and got that balance right in, in the work that you're doing at the moment, Joanna? It'd be great to hear some examples of that. I love your example there of the Netflix versus the TV. Like, I can't imagine now watching something with a big cliffhanger and waiting a week to find out what happened. <laughs> and not really binge crazy. watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about um, an example of how you might move from a synchronous piece of internal comms to asynchronous. Like, what does that look like? So mm. um, in teamwork this year, I did an internal comms audit. I just joined the company in January. So I did an audit to really like what you were saying there about that plant, like really understand how people are receiving information, how they want to, what's working, what's not. Mm. And one of the overall themes that came out of my recommendations is that we need to move more towards asynchronous communication rather than synchronous Mm. um, and in a very deliberate way. So one practical example is when I joined the company, there was an all hands employee meeting every single Thursday at three o'clock for half an hour. <laughs> so every employee was expected to be online at the same time every week. And the purpose of it was to share updates from around the business. Mm. But when I did my audit and I talked to a lot of people about whether this call was effective or not, there was quite a mixed response. So a lot of people told me that it was interrupting their afternoon, but the value they were getting in return wasn't really worth it. People in different time zones told me it was difficult to join it could be an awkward time of the day for them so for example if you're in Spain you might be collecting your child from daycare at the end of the day if you're in the US you're only just starting your day so it's kind of interrupting the flow of your morning mm. and interestingly some employees also told me if their first language wasn't English they had difficulty with this synchronous call as the main method of finding out about what's happening because Irish people tend to speak quite quickly and they had difficulty kind of keeping up. It was just Mm. a verbal update. There was no written summary. So through no fault of their own, they were missing some important updates. Mm. So if you look at that meeting as an example, firstly, it's really expensive. It's 350 people, half an hour a week. So that's a a huge cost in terms of lost productivity. Mm. It's not effective. Lots of people Mm. told me they were kind of only half listening and kind of half doing their work. It doesn't suit people in different time zones and it's not very inclusive as people are struggling keeping up when um, it's only verbal. Mm. I looked at all of this information, looked at the purpose of the call, and I made the decision to end this weekly synchronous meeting. Mm. So instead, it's being replaced with an asynchronous digital newsletter. So the purpose is exactly the same. The purpose is to share what's happening around the business, but people can consume it in their own time. You don't have to be on at Thursday at three. You can read it on Thursday morning if you want. Read it on a Friday night if you want. Mm. And it meets the, the needs of my audience far better. Now, in saying that, I'm not calling synchronous calls completely. But instead of doing them once a week, we'll do them once a quarter. Mm. And we'll raise the bar in terms of the quality of the content. So once a quarter, we'll have a quarterly kickoff. 
which is leadership updates focused on the business strategy. Mm. So it's a higher level of content. And it also makes it a little bit more special. You know, if something is once a week, it's all the time. It becomes very normal. Mm. Once a quarter is a bit more gravitas. It's a bit more of an event. Mm. So that's an example of taking a shift from something that's synchronous to asynchronous. Excellent. How And how do you, because I guess, and, and I totally get that, and that's kind of aligned with what, what I, I, I was saying earlier about my my kind of you know, pre, uh, prehistoric example that I gave you. Um, <laughs> but in, in terms of, in terms of, um, I guess, I guess sometimes what, from my experience, why people say, well, we need to have a meeting. We need to have a meeting because they may not read the lose that there might be something really important in there. That's like, need to know, but you know, because, because we've get left it to that. Cause I guess the thing with asynchronous is there's the, I guess it links in with the, the degree of trust that is in the organization as well, to a certain extent, to trust that people will consume that and, you know, will, will absorb it. Whereas if I, at least if I know I've told them, you know, I've kind of admonished myself of my responsibility, you know, I've done what I meant, I was meant to do, uh, and it's then up to them to do something with it. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, Joanna? Because that's sometimes what I hear coming back from me about, you know, when you try and ab- uh, abolish these meetings that have become kind of, you know, almost sacred that you can't uh, you can't you can't can't end them because we've always had them that sort of thing what what's your thoughts on that i think this goes back to exactly what you were talking about when you talk to people about how they receive information and how they want to you need to understand mm. your audience it's comms mm. 101 isn't it yeah you need to know how people want to receive stuff so like when i went out and talked to people for example we have um an internal chat tool here and we had a really busy it was called company news chat channel. Mm. And the idea of it was that important updates would go in there and you could kind of keep up to date really easily. But mm. it wasn't really working because everyone would just reply to everything. So the CEO might put something important and then you'd have 150 people replying going, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Mm. So news was lost. So I knew that that channel wasn't working. I knew mm. that the online call wasn't working. And then again, the beauty of your audience is right there. You can workshop it with them. Would you read a newsletter? Would this be useful to them? And also, you know, when you're launching these new channels and and effective ways of reaching people that you know will work, you need to be able to test it and measure it. So if you Mm. get metrics, say, on an open rate or uh, run focus groups to see what's working, you Mm. need to make sure that you can evaluate that properly. So, Mm. again, it's about um, internal comms is all about avoiding assumptions. Mm. I know that not everybody will read the newsletter probably 70% is the highest open rate Mm. I could Mm. expect. So you need to look at an omni-channel approach. What other channels are people Mm. looking at? Mm. What is the effective way? And there is certainly stuff that you would want to cascade through line managers in face-to-face meetings. Mm. It's about having that good channels matrix in place so you know what goes where. Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. Um, So, so, we've kind of advocated asynchronous and and, and the, the advantages of asynchronous so we put you know we've probably got people listening and thinking mm, sounds interesting so what what are some of the the tips tips that you'd give to to an internal comms manager advisor support uh director who's looking to say right yeah i recognize that we, we you know we, we asynchronous is probably the right way to go given the fact that and particularly as you said with re- more and more remote working and we want people to be able to use that focus time and not be interrupted and having to you know back to back endless teams and zoom calls some simple tips that, that that someone who's listening can can sort of pick up and, and run with 
Yeah, I think I'll give you two. One is around instant messaging and one is around meetings. Mm. So if you have an instant messaging tool, it might be Teams, it might be Slack. Um, the way that you use it and the way that you instruct your organization to use it can either set the expectation that it is a synchronous tool or it is asynchronous. So mm. I often see people will send me an instant message and they might say, hi, Joanna, how are you? Or, hi, Joanna, can I ask you a question? And then they don't say anything. I might not see that for two, three hours. Mm. So they're using that as a synchronous tool. They're expecting me to reply immediately. Mm. Well, actually, if they said, hi, Joanna, my question is X, Y, Z, on the understanding that I might not see it immediately, but when I do Mm. see it, I have all the information I need and I can Mm. get back to you. Mm. So instructing people in the way that they use these instant tools that it should be asynchronous and the way that you craft these messages is a really simple way to start. Mm. I think as well, if you work in an organization that has lots and lots of synchronous meetings, which I think is probably every organization in the world, Mm. you could tackle this as an internal comms campaign or project. I mean, you can sell this to your leadership team through the lens, through a commercial lens, because meetings are so, so expensive. People never really think about the cost of them, Mm. appreciate the time sunk into them. If you want actually some data on this, there's a brilliant tool online, which I've been playing around with this year, called The Gathering Effect. And it has a meetings cost calculator tool Mm. on there. So you can put in like how many people are going to this meeting, how often are they going, how long do they stay there, and the average salary of the person that's going in there. And it'll pop you out a figure to say, well, did you Mm. know actually having this meeting once a week is costing the business? 10 grand a month or whatever it is. Mm. And I often think, Jesus, there's so many meetings. Everyone says it. That meeting could have been an email. But mm. that doesn't happen unless there's an intentional design behind mm. it. So mm. if you think about the purpose of a meeting, say, for example, a, a team that might meet on a Monday morning for an hour, but the purpose of the meeting is just to share information, that probably doesn't need a meeting. Mm. So you could instead use a shared document where every Monday morning, for example, the expectation is by 11 a.m., you'll have all gone into that document and written down your top three priorities for the week. Mm. And then after that, you know, you could pop in at about 12 o'clock and have a look and see, oh, Mary's working on this. Stephen's working on that. Oh, that's quite interesting. I'll talk to her about that. Mm. That doesn't take an hour of your synchronous time. That's a couple of minutes of your own time. And I think... I suppose the bottom line of all of this for me is that communicating asynchronously when you can is ultimately more respectful of someone else's time. I think Mm. that's what it comes down to for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really, really interesting. I'm going to ask you a question around, um, I guess, the elephant in the room for a lot of organizations. It never ceases to amaze me that that I've I've run a couple of um, workshops for clients over the last couple of weeks where it's been, you know, we've been looking at what they're kind of big big frustrations are and 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 it's still after all these years it's still too many emails too many emails still comes up and and so you mentioned email in passing earlier and obviously we're we're in the age of of, you know you said instant messaging and things like that but email is still you know does a lot of heavy lifting i think and I, i i see a lot of organizations where 
they're still not clear whether, whether email is asynchronous or synchronous and i believe it's asynchronous but but they still you know they still like you've said about your instant messaging they still expect expect instant replies um people will again it's i i hear people who you know i'm, I'm working away and i see the email pop up and you know because they're now they don't turn off their notifications and it pops up and they see it and they see the subject i know oh my crikey i must go and read that i must re- respond to that and again they're broke you know it's that kind of sort of disruptive uh, element to when you're in the zone and when you you know you're really focusing on something so I, I i know as i say i know i know i know things have moved on and email is is still old, is relatively old tech now but it's still still used is a, one of the predominant channels that organizations use what, what are your thoughts on that i guess you're going to say yeah you agree hopefully you agree or you, i'm assuming you agree it's an asynchronous tool but what how do organize how do we educate organizations to treat it like that and actually also use it in the way it should be used and not just CC all and bombarding people. And, you know, I see people with hundreds of email, unread emails on their iPhones, which really disturbs my OCD. But, but yeah, t- t- what are your thoughts on email? Because I guess that's the, uh, that, that, as I say, that's still a, a big, a big thing for many organizations anyway. I think I love this question because uh, email is fascinating. Um, it's easy now in the world of all these new tools and shiny gadgets to disregard email but it's still so prevalent and there's mm-hmm. lots of research to show that actually over the last number of years um email usage is increasing it's not decreasing mm-hmm. it's kind of the opposite again it's going back to assumptions don't assume that email is irrelevant it isn't and often you see these annual kind of studies come out that show that email is still one of the most important channels in businesses mm-hmm. and that people rely on it more than ever I completely agree with you that email is an asynchronous tool, mm. but again, it's about how you are communicating out to your organization. I mean, it's a tool. How do you use this tool and setting mm. the expectation and the clarity around how to use this? I mean, mm. I remember being back before COVID, I remember being in an office working on something and someone appeared at my desk and said, I just sent you an email. Did you see it? like literally they they sent it and then they walked over to me I was like no I didn't so there is it's a it's a a difference in understanding Mm. of what this tool is for and how to use it and sure isn't that what an internal comms function is for is to create a shared understanding in the organization whether that's about how we communicate or how we deliver for our customers or what our strategy is and how we fit into that so I think there's a role there for a good internal comms team to clearly, first of all, understand as a business, what are we using this tool for and what are the expectations? Mm. And then to communicate that, to create that shared understanding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, just sort of moving on then, uh, sort, of, can, can bring, sort of conclusions. All right? you, you, I know at Teamwork that um, you, 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 we were talking about this before, the, before we started recording, you have this big event, internal comms event every year, which you call the Grand Council, where you bring together your employees um, together in Ireland for the whole week. Um, so that seems to be, you know, we've been talking a lot about asynchronous. That seems to be a really intentional use of, of synchronous time um so so can you just tell us a little bit more about that because i think that's interesting just to talk about the other end of the spectrum which is something that's purely synchronous and 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 what the purpose of that is and and how it works and how you get the most out of that time together absolutely and it goes back to what you said earlier about you know would you want some face-to-face time the answer Mm. is yeah you would so every Mm. year teamwork invests in 
a full week in the summer where every employee around the world is invited to come to Cork. It's the only time of the year when the whole company is together in person. So it's really important to the leadership. It's really important to the whole organization. And the event is a really great example of being very intentional to design synchronous time that is worthwhile. So like, mm. think about the cost of not just bringing everyone to Ireland, but the cost of essentially shutting down the business for a whole mm. week. It needs to be really worth it. So what we do with this time is we set some very clear objectives of what do we want to achieve from this week. So these include aligning employees around the business strategy, building relationships and connections face-to-face between people who otherwise never meet, Mm. um, collaboration and problem solving, of course, like having some fun. That's kind of the teamwork vibe. Mm. Um, And how the week works is I basically would take these objectives and I'll chunk them up into different days. So although the whole week is quite enjoyable, the last day of the week is a kind of a no work, just fun day. So we'll have a teamwork festival in a field and have inflatable games and team races, food trucks and a DJ. It just (laughs) gives people that space Mm. to just be together as colleagues, relax. You can't really do that online. Mm. And the rest of the week is more focused on work, but you can also design this to be enjoyable and memorable. So, for example, I mean, I mentioned one of the objectives is around aligning employees around the business strategy. And look, that sounds really boring. Like what employee in the world has ever enjoyed a strategy day? They're usually really dull, full of jargon and PowerPoint and graphs and flip charts. You're tired by the end. You're overloaded with information. But again, it doesn't have to be this way. If you take time to design things So personally, I like to steal a lot of ideas from TV shows. They have really smart, creative people who know what they're doing. So at Grand Council this year, for example, when I wanted to align employees around the business strategy, I really didn't want to do a whole day. I didn't want to fly people from all around the world to sit in PowerPoint presentations all day. So instead, I took the same premise. I want people to understand the strategy, but I invented a talk show called Teamwork Live, which is mm. basically a ripoff of the David Letterman show, <laughs> even down to I made a set that kind of looked like his, got a big couch, big desk, a big skyline backdrop. And the employees were the the audience. You know, our CEO was the host. He welcomed various guests up onto the couch. It was all about conversations and not mm. presentations. Yeah, yeah. And then again, there was a bit of intentional design around We've flown all these people in from all around the world. I don't want them to just sit and listen all day because that's, even if it's entertaining, that's hard going. So we've built in kind of bits of audience participation, stuff for them to do. Mm. Um, So at the end of the day, for example, you know, you usually do an evaluation. You say, do you now understand the business strategy? Yes or no? And everyone goes, yeah, but you don't really know. Mm. So um, at the end of this day, what I got people to do was to work in teams and I gave them a news reporter challenge. So basically what they had to do was they had to um, pretend that it was the end of the year. Teamwork had just made a big announcement about all their strategic achievements for the year. And they had to record a 60 second news segment that would go out on RT or BBC News. So really what we're doing there is they're having fun. They're getting involved. They're chatting. They're working together. But I am then able to watch these videos back and test to see what did they hear from the day that was important? Mm, mm. Did our messaging land in the way 
that we thought it would, or did they misunderstand something? Mm. So again, a lot of um, pre-work and design goes into this. But I suppose the bottom line is, if you are spending time and money to bring people together mm. in a synchronous way, it has to be worth their time and it has to be worth the business investment too. Yeah, absolutely. No, you, you're preaching to the choir on that one. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me how many... How many of the, I mean, I remember it from my corporate days and it's, it's, you know, for a lot of organizations, it's not moved on a great deal as, you know, you fly, as you say, fly people in or bus people in whatever, an inordinate cost and the venue costs as well. I mean, people never don't actually realize how expensive these places are to yeah. hire as well. And, and, um, and, and then we just sit down and just show them PowerPoint slides all day and they just sit there and, you know, gradually it's like by the end of the week, they're just exhausted, not because they've particularly been engaged it's just because they're knackered from just listening to all these present endless presentations and it's like you know it's kind of what we do is we we produce you know for organizations where i've got people like you who are really creative we we create we create board games and things that we we can help them to 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 bring this you know their strategies to life and and get people interacting with it and getting their hands on it and touching it and feeling it and talking to their colleagues about it rather than just sitting through 900 powerpoint slides and just you know kind of going in one ear and out the other so i'm totally with you on that it's um it's a huge missed opportunity i think a lot of the time and um big big frustration of mine as well but so uh, that's a brilliant example though i love i love the i love your creativity there and uh, i love the idea i've, I've seen um I've, i i once did a, i once did something for a client that was it was done in the style of um and this isn't particularly novel, you know, that kind of dragon's den thing where, where people were going in and kind of pitching an idea that they'd got that they wanted the business to pick up on. And, you know, the dragons were really friendly, but it was a really good, and we had an audience and then they would be able to ask questions as well. And it was just a really good idea, a, a good way of getting people to sort of do that rather than just something that, again, it was just right, anodyne and, and sort of dry and boring. It, it's always great when you can bring that stuff, uh, I think, uh, to bear so brilliant example i totally agree and like just watch tv shows there's tons of good yeah. ideas there all yeah. these quiz shows you know a really interesting one that you could do is what's that show where they do like two truths and a lie so you could yes. have two yes. true like, facts yes. about an organization like, and one that's a lie and you know the yeah. audience has to guess so yeah. again it's you're learning and there's good business messages there but you're also having a bit of fun and it's memorable people Absolutely. will remember it that's the trick Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Well, look, I mean, we've went through some really amazing stuff there and I think that highly relevant, you know, I think the whole asynchronous synchronous thing, I think people kind of get what that is, but I think what you you've done there is you've really helped us to start to think about, you know, it's not just about knowing what it is. It's about knowing what, what each approach is suitable for and what, what it shouldn't be using for. And it's having that kind of really sort of strategic and analytical and, and, and using data to help sort of back that up, but also knowing your people and knowing what they need. And I think you've given us two great examples of, of also where asynchronous comms can be improved, but also on the other end of the spectrum, you, your example that you've just given us there of the Grand Council, I think it's a wonderful example of, of synchronous comms. Just before we we wrap up, any any final thoughts or tips, Johnny, just for, for the audience just to just to just to kind of maybe some takeaway tips to uh, to to help them on their way. I think if you're interested in this, there are growing resources available. There is a community called Running Remote. There is mm-hmm. a company called Remote. There's lots of growing links um, groups on LinkedIn that you can dive in. Mm. Uh, I really think that this is going to become 
a bigger and bigger part of our life going forward. I mean, mm. you can see from all the research coming out and news reports, people want the flexibility. Remote work is not going away. Mm. And remote work doesn't have to be full-time remote work. Some people like to go in now and again. Mm. But we can't communicate the way that we used to. It's mm. not going back to how it was before. And when people talk about, you know, how do we recreate those water cooler moments? <laughs> well, maybe we don't want to. Maybe we don't want to rely on people hearing rumors to find out stuff at the water cooler. Mm. Maybe we take the time to intentionally design good communication systems and structures that can reach people where they are. Fantastic. That's a great, great place to finish. So that's brilliant, Joanna. So look, where, where can we find out more about you? Are you happy to be, you know, kind of approached for people to, I've got your LinkedIn profile potentially to put into the, into the show notes. If you're happy with that, is that okay Absolutely, for people to yeah. reach out to you? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So drop me a line. I'd love to chat. Yes, absolutely. And also you mentioned a couple of, um, I can't remember, I didn't write them down, but you mentioned a couple of things just there about resources that people can, can potentially access. So I mean, maybe, could you maybe send me the, the links through to those uh, about the remote working? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll put those into the show notes as well. So people are listening to this and, and they're out on the, on the run or in the gym or walking the dog, they can kind of get back and, uh, and find those when they get back. That'll be brilliant. Well, look, Joanna, that's been absolutely amazing speaking to you. Um, uh, this is going to be going out early, early next year, or as we're recording, so early 2023. So, so I guess I uh, should have wished you a happy new year belatedly at the, uh, at the or prematurely <laughs> at the beginning. But um, I wish you all the best for, for the coming year. And it sounds like you're doing some amazing things. And uh, thank you so much for your time and sharing your 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 fantastic experience with us, Joanna. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, brilliant! Thanks so much. I'm really glad we finally got to do this. This is great. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.